Greetings, this is Pastor Theodore Faison from the Living Water Christian Center Church, where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. And we want to welcome you to our uh, virtual service. We hope that the word of God finds you and be a blessing to you today. Thank you so much for your time and attention. God bless you. Stay safe. Welcome again to the Living Water Church. We're so glad to have you with us. I'm Pastor Theodore Faison. And we thank God for your presence. We thank God for your attention, your liberal giving, and your online giving. We're just grateful for all that you do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father. We thank you for hearing our prayer. And we are so grateful that you give us this opportunity to gather in your name from various places, Lord. But we're glad that we know that you're in the midst. And we thank you for this time. We ask that as we go into this word, that you go in with us, that you teach us out of your scripture, and that we who have ears will hear what the Spirit of God is saying unto the church. We ask that you touch our ears, teach us to listen, and touch our eyes that we might see Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God again. We're in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to review a little bit of what we talked last week. Um, last week we talked about submitting ourselves to the ordinances of man. In other words, to obey the law of the land. The law of the land that we're in, we talk about doing that. We, there's three things we want to um, impress on you. We obey the laws at least as much as we possibly can. Because sometimes there's some things you can't just do. So we obey the laws. We honor the people in office. And if we have difficulty with the individuals in office, we at least honor the office that the individuals are in. Okay? So we obey the laws, we honor the people in office and the office that they're in, and we pray. We pray for, we pray for folks in power, folks in authority, um, presidents and governors and people in authority, we pray for them. So we obey the laws, we honor the office, and we pray for the leaders. Amen? And so, in this, we honor the king. We honor all men. We love the brotherhood. We fear God. And we honor the king. And what we have to understand is that the original readers of this letter were being people being persecuted for their religion, for their Christianity. And so, while they're being persecuted by the government, Peter's telling them to honor the people in office. And the best example of this was our guy, um, David. David was anointed king. But he was still a shepherd. And while he was, had this kingly anointing on him, he wasn't in the office. Saul was still in the office. And Saul was trying to kill David because he was jealous of him. All right? And while David was running from Saul, and while David realized that Saul was his enemy, David still honored him because of the office that he was in. And in one instance, David had an opportunity to kill his enemy, and he didn't do it because he was the Lord's anointed or he was the king at the time. And even though God withdrew his spirit from Saul, David still honored him because of the office that he held. Okay? And when he just took, he snuck up on him and cut a little piece of his garment, it, pr it pricked him at his heart. He was convicted. And he felt bad about it, and he revealed himself to Saul and, and, and confessed what he did. And he was always one, despite how Saul treated him, 
he honored him as the king. And so what we're saying here is that um, you don't have to love or, well, you should love, but you don't have to, you don't have to be in favor or really like the individuals in the office, but you need to honor the office that they're in. Amen? Amen. And so it says here in verse 18, Sub uh, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. <laughs> He's saying here that if you're working for someone, um, this is referring to household workers probably, but today if you're employed by a company or an individual and you're working for them and they're paying you and it's your job to do whatever your job is, it says that you should be doing it with fear. Or the word fear means reverence. We need to reverence the people that we report to. Now, I'm going to let y'all um, consider that for a moment because some of you report to some heinous folk. And I know you, you the pastor's talking crazy to you right now. I, pastor, I can't reverence that man because he talks crazy and he's mean and he's this way and that way. I understand that because, you know, many people report to someone that they don't necessarily like. We talked about this on Wednesday night in Bible study. But however, you have to be respectful. You have to be respectful to the office that they are in. All right, so this is your supervisor, your direct report, and you report to this man or this woman, you need to respect them for the office that they're in, even if you don't like them. I mean, if, if we all want to work for someone who loves us and someone we love, it's a beautiful thing to report to someone that you really love and someone who loves you and you know you got that relationship going and you do the best work you can because you want them to be pleased with you, you want them to be successful and they want you to be successful. We all want to be in a relationship with that, but however, we all do not get that. So you have to do your part even if the supervisor that you report to or whoever you report to is not doing their part. And if you're the one that people are reporting to, you need to remind yourself that you are not the owner or the master. You know, you need to remind yourself that you are more of a steward and you need to be loving on the people that report to you and you need to do the best for them. But look what it says here. All right. It says in verse 19, for this is thankworthy. If a man for a conscience towards God endure grief and suffering wrongly. You know it says here that if you're suffering for wrongly, that means you're suffering not because you did something wrong, but it's wrong that you have to suffer, that you have to go through a report to this person. And it's caused me a lot of grief. I'm having problems with him or her, right? And I'm suffering. The word God here says is thankworthy that you go through this. Verse 20 says, For what glory is it if we be beloved for our faults? Ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. In other words, it's saying that I'm not, I'm not messing up. I'm doing the best I can. You know, I'm working good. I'm, I'm reporting on time. I'm doing the things. I'm keeping up with my responsibilities. And I'm suffering for it. Or maybe I'm suffering just because of my, my Christian belief. The Bible says if I suffer patiently, if I go through this hardship patiently, that is acceptable to God. Now, on the other hand, 
if I'm a troublemaker and I do some things wrong, I make some mistakes, and I suffer for my mistakes and I do suffer for my wrongdoing, then you know, just I need to just take it. I need to just take it. Okay, there's no there's no worthiness in that. You just if I messed up, I need to confess, I need to uh, make amends, I need to suffer for my wrongdoing, pay the consequences, whatever it is. Okay? But it says here, but if I'm doing right and I suffer for that, that is thankworthy, that is acceptable to God. And it goes on and talks about how Jesus suffered. You know, the next verses talk about how Jesus himself, the Christ, the Son of the living God, did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He was treated like a criminal. And he was treated like a bad person. He was accused of blasphemy. He was accused of being a whiner. Wino. He was accused, he, they was mad at him because he, he ate and fellowship with publicans, that's tax collectors, and sinners, that's the harlots. Come on now. If your pastor was hanging out with harlots, what you would think about that? Well, Jesus did that kind of thing. He, he celebrated with them, and he hung out with tax, collect, tax collectors and sinners and notorious folk because he said that the, the physician comes for those who are sick, not for those who are well or those who think they're well. Okay, so Jesus suffered. And while he suffered, while he was being abused, while he was being talked down to, while, while people like Pontius Pilate were saying things like, don't you know who I am? <laughs> I have the power of life and death. You know, and, and he's talking to the living God. And he's not realizing who he's dealing with. But Jesus was, was calm, and Jesus did not go off on him or did not talk back to him, so to speak. He just said, you don't have any power except to come from the above. It comes from God, you know. And so when he was reviled, he did not revile back. Okay. You know, sometimes we go through some things, and we want to get back at people. Well, we want some get back. We want some payback, like James Brown said. You know, you treated me a certain way, I'm going to get you for that. Jesus never did that. This is the one that said, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. They know not what they do. Forgive them. And that's what Jesus wants us to be, that. He wants us to be that way. Okay? He wants us to be forgiving. He doesn't want us to try to get back on people. He doesn't need us to try to vindicate ourselves. And I'll get revenge. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, save the Lord. He says to pray for those who hate you and pray for your enemies and do good to those who do bad to you. He's, he's telling us to do all kinds of things that go against our nature. But because we are Christian men and women, he gives us the energy and the power and the ability to do the things that he called us to do. All right, so look what it says about Christ. Um, it says, verse 23, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judged righteously. He committed himself to the Father. Can you imagine? Jesus has, to, has all power. I mean, he casts out devils, right? Heal the sick, calm the seas and the winds and the storm, take a, take a little boy's lunch and feed a stadium full of people. He had all this stuff with him. 
right? Imagine if he was a threatening kind of person. <laughs> what he could do, okay? You know, the, the, all the power that he possessed, you know, if he was a threatening kind, um, he could say and speak anything, and that would happen to the person. But we're so grateful. We are so grateful he wasn't that, because he's the son of God. He wasn't that kind of person. But he did not threaten anybody. Okay? Even when he was threatened, even when they tried to do things to him, he did not try to get anybody back. Now, you and I, sometimes we feel like we want to, I want some give back. You know, I've got, I've got a short list of people I like to see things happen to, and I have to pray for myself that I do right because I'm not supposed to be that way. Okay? And when those thoughts come up, I need to pray, I need to repent, I need to ask God to forgive me and say, Lord, help me not to be this way towards anybody. Okay? But Jesus didn't have that issue because he was that way. He was gracious to everyone, even to those who were trying to put him away, even, those, even to those who called him a liar, even those who falsely accused him of doing things that he didn't do. And it says here in verse 34, 24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, on the cross, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. It says here that Jesus himself, he bore our sins on the cross. Again, what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. Sin means you don't have the, you have not reached the standard. Sin means that you're off a little bit. You haven't done right, okay? And that's the state that we were in. But it says that he bore our sins. He carried our sins on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin that you and I could become the righteousness of God in him. And it says here, he bore our sins on the cross of the tree and says that we being dead to sins, now that, we, now that he did that and we're believers, we're dead to sins. Death is separation. Again, we're separated from our sins. So we should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes, the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Amen. So we thank God. It says so. Also, in Isaiah chapter 53, it says that with his stripes we are healed. Okay? And so that's the thing we have to remember. As the people of God, Jesus is our example. He's our example of good works. He's our example of suffering. He's our example of how you respond to people who falsely accuse you. He's our example of suffering. He's our example of being good to those who are not good to you. Okay? And it says here that hey, he submit himself. He submit himself to the one that judge righteously. In other words, he submit himself to the Father. And we have to do the same thing. I know now this is easier said than done, and it's a little difficult, but whatever the Word of God tells us to do, the Lord himself will give us the ability to do it. You have to have a desire to obey him. And he will give you the ability to go through. And it's difficult. You suffer. It will hurt. You get, you get all in your feelings. You'll be hurt. Things like that. But he'll give you the ability to get through it. Okay? Because he did it. And he knows how we are. We have a high priest. 
that can feel our weaknesses, that knows that we have infirmities, that knows we have problems, and we have a high priest, the man Christ Jesus, the mediator between God and man, who goes before the Father and makes intercession for us. Okay? So you have help. You're not off on your own. You know, nobody knows the trouble I see. You know, no, no. Somebody does know. The Lord God himself knows the trouble you've seen and the stuff, and the stuff you've been through. And he's there to help us through it. Amen? Look what it says here in verse 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Alright, so we were lost at one point, y'all. We were lost sheep. And you have to understand something about sheep. You know, um, I grew up in Essex County, New Jersey, so I don't know that much about sheep. Only what I read and what I heard. This is one animal that has no defense. I mean, most animals have something. They either can run away, or they can fight back, or they can hide, or, or, you know, or something. Most animals have something they can do. Sheep have nothing. Sheep have no defense. All they could do is be victimized. They need a shepherd. Now, I know some of you don't want to be um, compared to a sheep, okay? Because cause you, cause you could um, do things for yourself. You're not helping. I'm not a helpless pastor. I'm not a helpless sheep. I'm sorry. You know, I'm a real man, and I'm not helpless like that. And I understand you feel that way, okay? But we're talking about spiritually. Spiritually, we were all lost sheep. We were lost and had to be found. You can't find your way back. Even a dog can sniff his way back home. Sheep can't do that. Sheep need a shepherd. And we all need the shepherd of our soul, the man Christ Jesus. Okay? And so, we were all sheep on the street, but now we are returned. How are we returned? Because he got us. He found us. He gathered us. He went and looked for us. We're the lost sheep, and he left the 99 and went after the one. You and I are the one. He went after us and came back and brought us home safely. Okay? That's who we are. We've gone and said, now we return, and we have been returned to the shepherd. Not because we decided to come back, because he came to God. Okay? So here's the thing. We're talking about, in, in, um, in conclusion, we're talking about reporting to people, just like we report to the government, in a sense. Uh, we report to people on our jobs, and um, maybe have some folks reporting to you. And we report, we answer, we have to answer to authorities, okay? And so, and sometimes those are people in authority are not the kind of people we want to report to. But in any case, we have to do good work. As believers, as Christian men and women and children, we have to do good work. We have to work as if we're working for the Lord, no matter whom you report to. That individual is not the issue. The, the issue is that you work for Jesus. Okay? And you do the best you can. And you do it in an honoring way. And you also respect the person that you report to. Okay? And if you don't like them, and if you have issues with the individual, you have to respect the position in the office that they hold. Okay? I reported back in the day, I reported to some people I didn't like, 
I didn't think I should be reporting to, you know. Um, sometimes you have these issues with people you, you know more than your boss and, and those kind of things. So you may have been in a position where you have to train your boss, okay? That's a terrible thing to have to do, but it should be taken um, graciously. So what we're saying is that um, no matter who it is, who it is, you have to be respectful. Okay? The Bible talks about suffering. If you suffer for doing good and you take it patiently, the Bible says that this is acceptable to God. If you suffer as a wrongdoer because you did wrong, you need to take it patiently and just put up with it. Just deal with it. And Jesus is our example of that kind of suffering. How when he was charged, when he was accused, when he was lied on, he didn't go after people. He did not get back at people. He was forgiven the whole time. All right? And, and when, when the, the government leaders of the day were, were trying to set him up and trying to get false accusers to say things about him, he, even then, he respected the office that those men were in. He respected the high priest, the Sanhedrin. He respected Pontius Pilate. He respected whoever he had to stand before. He respected the individual, at least the office that they're in. Even though he himself has a much higher office, being the son of God. Okay? And he was never disrespectful to any of those people. So you and I, we have no excuse to be disrespectful. Amen? Amen. Remember, you learned that at home, hopefully, or we're teaching our children at home, not to be disrespectful. Okay. And so when we go out into the world, we will not be disrespectful to the people in the world, no matter what their position is. We have to be the men and women that set example of citizenship for the rest of the world. We have to live as though there's no occasion that you're going to have against me. We have to abstain from the appearance of evil, from the appearance of trouble. We abstain from that. We try to do things even though we have the right to do them. We'll deny ourselves if it looks bad. Somewhere you're saying amen. I know you are. Okay, so that's the thing that we have to remember. And of course the scripture again says that we're like sheep. We're lost, a bunch of lost sheep. But now we have been returned to the bishop and shepherd of our souls, who is Jesus Christ. And we thank God for that. It's a good thing to be home. It's a good thing to be in the care of the living God. It's a good thing to be amongst the people of God and have Jesus as our shepherd. Amen. He's the, he's the chief shepherd. Pastors and leaders are under shepherds, but he's the chief shepherd. And it's good to have that. And so that's what we're talking about today. We're going to move on. Next week we'll, we'll get into um, family relationships. But this time we thank God that we're going to pull off here and, and, um, and remember who we are in Christ. And no matter what goes on, you have to remember who you belong to and who you are. I'm a Christian man, woman, child. I belong to the Lord. I need to conduct myself as such. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you. We ask you to help us now, Lord, to remember who we are in you. 
and to follow hard after you, to be imitators of God as dear children, like it says in Ephesians. And to remember that we represent Christ in this world. We thank you for this time of study. We thank you for this time of fellowship. And we ask you to bless your people and the hearers of your word. We're so grateful for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. And of course, at any time, if you feel that you have a need for Christ, if you're not a believer, or if you're not sure if you are, the Bible says we just trust him. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's just a matter of asking the Lord coming to your life. All right? We all need salvation, and it's for everybody. But you have to come to Christ. You have to honor, you have to respect, or you have to acknowledge. That's the word. You have to acknowledge Jesus Christ for who he is. Ask him to come into your life, and he'll do that for you, just for the asking. Amen. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in be blessed and stay safe.